one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center Podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Ranked. The concept is simple. Me and a guest have a topic from Star Wars, and we will give you each five reasons to back that topic. Simple? Get it? Got it? Good? Well, we're here. And this is a very special one because it ties to something we're known for a lot here on Force Center, the prequels. So I, of course, need... 
Joseph Scrimshaw with me for that. I am happy to do some prequelist rankings. Absolutely. You know, I'll tell you what, we are we're noted prequelists, is what we can call ourselves <laughs> now. It sometimes <laughs> bites you in the butt because I did that spotlight Star Wars uh, about the Star Wars weddings. Yeah. And I did mention the Attack of the Clones wedding. Uh oh. And I'm aware that there's a wedding in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> You've seen the film. Seen the film. Uh, I was referring to bigger Game of Thrones style weddings. Epic weddings. I mean, you could even say even Spaceballs style weddings. <laughs> um, and I just didn't discuss that wedding. Didn't make it clear, which is my bad. I also was recording literally as I had like one foot out the door to go to Carmel. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, just want to get that one out. So, but I got a lot of tweets about, you're a prequelist. And you forgot the attack of the clone. I didn't forget it. Yeah. Just wasn't talking about those type of weddings. So I feel, I feel we need to reclaim some of our prequel love here, Joseph. And that's what we're doing today. Let's do it. The best connections to the prequel era. Ooh. Now this could be taken from any of the other movies, from the books, the novels. Books and novels are the same things. Um, comic books, Star Wars Rebels, connects to the prequel era. Now, that mostly is the prequel movies, but I, we also got some, uh, you know, the Clone Wars and maybe some other kind of material we might want to touch upon here. But that's where that's from. And the prequel era, to me, is the Phantom Menace to Revenge of the Sith little bit after, all right? Uh, you Yes, technically, Rogue One is a prequel, but we're going to consider that <laughs> non-prequel for this, all right? So that is that. Five reasons. We go from five to one. It's a pretty simple concept. You guys know the drill. With me is Joseph to start off with number five. My number five is perhaps controversial. We'll see, but mm. it is Mr. Bones in the <laughs> Aftermath series of books and novels. Uh, written by Chuck Wendig. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like Chuck Wendig. Yeah. Uh, his writing overall, I think that he, obviously some people had some ups and downs with those books. But yeah. I feel like the character that one of the characters that really resonated with me was Mr. Bones. Now, if you have not read those books, mm-hmm. it is a super violent, super modded up battle droid. A yeah. B1 battle droid. That is basically uh, rebuilt by Temin Snap Wexley, who we meet, of course, in The Force Awakens. And what I like about Mr. Bones is he, the character is the epitome of Wendig's writing. Yeah. That Chuck Wendig has this real specific sense of humor that is both kind of dark and mm-hmm. kind of silly at the same time. Yeah. And those are two sides of Star Wars that I, I think it's fun when they come together. Mr. Bones has those great uh, lines like, a uh, hug is like violence made of love. I performed violence. And uh, I think what I like about it is a lot of things I think on this list are going to be, hey, let's go go back to the prequels that were flawed and yeah. let's give them cred. Let's try to make them right. New work meaning, for yeah. us or meaning. And this is one of those ones that really works for me because yeah. the battle droids are not supposed to be particularly effective, just a lot of them. So right. why wouldn't a kid who's alone and frightened just really make one with some edge, like literally cutting weapons have edge, but it still connects back to what that character is because it's uh, still attached to youth. It's still silly and absurd, Yeah, but it is drawn to its full potential of violence and humor. And it's a fierce-looking droid. If you see the designs of what Mr. Bones look, it's red and black painted. The weaponry is yeah, pretty fierce. Yeah, teeth like, are painted on him, yeah. so he's terrifying. And, 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 and Snap is, what, 13, 14-ish, maybe a little bit older yeah. when it starts? So that'd be the, if I was 14, 15 had my own battle droid, I'd paint it up like that, paint it up fierce. Um, Mr. Bones, for me, grew 
uh, on me as the story went on. And if you haven't a chance to read it, I won't spoil anything about the plot, but Mr. Bones is, is in it all the way through. And at first I was kind of uh, I was, I was just like, ah, what is this? What a, Mr. Bones is what? And he's making little comments. And then you just kind of, you, you get taken in by him. And yeah. you just, he is like a lot of droids in Star Wars, uh, a real breathing character. Yeah. And I, I would love a Black Series Mr. Bones right now. Absolutely. Fiercely loyal. He's like R2, but there's nothing, there's no hiding. He's just there and he's right. violent. Yeah, and I remember you sort of, when you're first reading it, and you realize it's a battle droid. Yeah, it's like oh, that's this is post Return of the Jedi era, but it's that's that would make some sense. Yeah, yeah, why not kit it out? So yeah. that's uh, that's my number five. Absolutely, great one, great one. Uh, my number five is uh, starting simple here. It is uh, Bale and Mon Mothma mm. in Rogue One, and it's yes. not just the characters. But it was the actors, of course, mm-hmm. bringing Jimmy Smith back and uh, Genevieve O'Reilly, believe, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, who's also doing great voiceover work in Rebels with the character. So that was, you know, Jimmy Smith's that made, you know, Jimmy Smith's. Yeah. All right. You know, maybe uh, you're not as uh, the same age as group as Joseph and I, but there was a time when Jimmy Smith's was one of the hottest actors on the planet. L.A. Law. L.A. Law, man. He yeah. was big. He was uh, everywhere. Hosted Saturday Night Live, I believe, at one point. Um he was one of those it guys, you know yeah. what I mean? So when he was in the prequels, Attack the Clones, Sith showing up, it was like one of those cool little cameo, almost like appearances. But he was pale, and he's supposed to be in Sith more. So when they brought him back for Rogue One, it was like a cool nod. Yeah. That makes sense. But when they went back and got the same actress, Genevieve O'Reilly, who was also in the cut scenes, the deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith, that was to me a clear cut looking back on the prequels. And saying, what, let's take something from that. And you always hear these weird accusations that are, are false. Uh, Lucasfilm uh, denies the prequels' existence. It doesn't want to talk about them and everything. And that has changed over the time. Now, Star Wars Celebration 2015, I remember it seemed like there was a little bit of less on the prequels. But I think it's because they were focusing on Rebels. They were focusing right. on Force Awakens. Fair enough. Um, but this showed me that now, present-day Lucasfilm looks at the prequels. And there is a, a reverence to some of the stuff going on there when you're pulling these characters and giving them important moments in the films. Yeah, the era is being integrated yeah. into all of our yeah. Star Wars. And, and Jimmy Smith did a great job of that, that great shot of him stepping out in Rogue One. It's yeah. Like, of course, that's Bail Organa. He's yeah. important. Yeah. And, and and so to see the character of Bail factor in, you know, to Rebel Rising, or excuse me, Leia, Prince of Alderaan, a little bit of Rebel Rising, right? Uh, I know he shows up elsewhere. Um, but also the character Mon Mothma in Leia. Yeah. And also in Rebel Rising when she, you know, she gets to see that opening scene again with, with Jin. Um, it's, it's, it's a good connection. And yes, these characters exist. And so you kind of almost have to. Yeah. But Rogue One to me, they could have recast Mon Mothma. They could have got. You know, some other actress and uh, a bigger name or, uh, I don't know, Amy Adams or another red-haired <laughs> actress or something like that. But no, they went back to the prequels and, and, and didn't just pay homage. They pulled them forward. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Number four. My number four is a small one, but it's big to me. Mm-hmm. It is the mention of the clone army in The Force Awakens. Yeah. Perhaps one of the most blatant prequel references or nods in The Force Awakens. Right. Uh, but it, I love how practical it is because it, it goes back to all of the ideas that are introduced in the prequels 
they're part of this galaxy that we love. They're part of this story that we love. Right. And there's nothing where like, and then Camino shut down and there right. are no other cloners anywhere. Yeah. And now that we know that the first order has at least some origins in the unknown regions, maybe cloning's a big deal there. Maybe Camino uh, does some business over there that we don't know about. So it just so in- integrates this essential idea that came from the prequels, or with, at least the story was told in the prequels. Right. Obviously, the clones first mentioned in A New Hope or the Clone Wars. Um, so to give it uh, such credence that yes, that's an option. Anytime you're building the military to take over the galaxy. You got some choices. Do we kidnap babies or do we get a clone <laughs> army? And I love that it is used not only yeah. as like a, it's such a logical reference because, yes, hey, yes. we want to show conflict between Kylo Ren and General Hux. We want to show this conflict between building up the military and uh, being invested in the use of the force. Yeah. And Kylo Ren is giving Hux crap yeah, about well, his uh, great soldiers and like, well, maybe Snoke should have got a clone army. <laughs> And I loved it. You just said it. it. It really organically fits in, and it gives the Clone Wars an extended history within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Uh, that, to me, shows right there. They know what they're doing with that line. So if, if Lucasfilm really did have a problem, that's, that, that line wouldn't exist. Yeah. Instead, like, it's part of the canon. It's part exactly. of the history. Exactly. So I love that one. I love that one, too. It's a small one. That's what we do here in Force We find these wonderful little moments. <laughs> and like my number four, it's from a comic book comic book i say that's right the leia five issue run that came out a couple years ago now um had some great moments had some uh, not so great moments it was an uneven series but uh, uh, one that i'm glad exists and one of the reasons is leia goes home to naboo now leia going near home comes up again on this list but leia going home to Naboo, actually setting foot in Theed and, and, and the place where her mother was, and she passes a statue of Padme. Um, I think it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it might be a hologram. It's been a while since I looked at that, but, but it, is a, it is something in tribute to Padme in her Phantom Menace era queen's gear, and Leia has a weird connection, and she mm. thinks as though the, the statue... Uh, is looking at her and follows her. Oh, and she nice. feels really weird about it. And she has this weird kind of flash. And it it could go a ways uh, towards that uh, Leia having memories of her mother. Yes, yes. Um, and that maybe, I don't think necessarily, clearly, by Jedi, she doesn't know that her mother was Padme. Um, at least not that we know of yet. But I think that uh, it makes sense that there's something in the Force that's there. And Leia doesn't fully understand the Force. She has a moment in the Leia, Prince of Alderaan book, Princess of Alderaan book, where she uses the Force and doesn't know it. Yeah. And it's just kind of there. This is clearly a Force-guided moment. You look at Rey and Force Awakens and her Force visions, the Force definitely working there. So it made some sense to me, and it's a beautiful moment, and it directly connects Leia to Phantom Menace. Yeah. Just by visuals. Isn't there also, uh, in Shattered Empire, doesn't she go to Naboo and feel cold outside the door that she Darth, does, Maul where Darth Maul opened. Yeah, yeah. Where Darth Maul fought. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I love that in the comic books that they're doing such yeah. a good job of those kind of visual moments yep. of really connecting that sort of a emotionally, well, the characters have history with these other characters, even sometimes yeah. when they don't know it. 
right. fully or right. understand it quite yet, like yeah. Leia does. And the Force being so strong there, and it's right after the events of Jedi. Yeah, Shadow Empire is a great. Just it's funny. I just reread that. Okay, I read the trade paperback at work. It was sitting around, and yeah, I kind of forgot that. And she goes, and the Queen there. Uh, the queen flies with her on this little mission, and oh, the queen right. at the time's like, "Yeah, learning to fly a, a, a spaceship is part of your duties of being a queen here." Which <laughs> ties again to Padme as well. Yeah, so good moment. Leia goes home to Naboo. Number three. My number three is Vader on Mustafar in Rogue One. Oh, I would yeah. also be happy if that was the title of a song. Vader <laughs> on Mustafar in Rogue One. Vader on Mustafar. Uh, it's just you know. I think it is clear of its power how excited Star Wars fans were. And also even the filmmakers knowing that it kind of had this weight where every other planet was labeled. Yes. Because this was sort of like they didn't want to spoil the reveal of Vader is what they said. They didn't label it as Mustafar. Right. So we as fans all all got to go like, oh, we're in the middle of the story. Oh, lava plant. Lava. 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 Mustafar. Dark castle. Dark castle. And then, of course, we get the uh, the reveal of Vader therapy bathing. Yeah. (laughs) Meditation bathing. Whatever he's up to. Focusing his hate. Uh, So it's cool the way it played out the first time you saw it. It's super cool when you rewatch Rogue One. It is. It's so great uh, as an idea that that's where Darth Vader would call home is where Vader was truly born. Yeah. And that since the dark side comes from hanging onto your anger, that he never wants to forget that pain. He never wants to forget those phantom limbs. He wants to look out at them from his angry castle. I lo- you you said I love that moment when I, when I put Rogue One on in the background, as I do often, I have to center and force center. Sometimes it's just, it's on in the background <laughs> while I'm working around the house. I stop for that first shot going on to uh, floating into Vader's castle. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love the shot. I love the use. And I love in the new Darth Vader comic line that he goes to that spot and the oh, castle's good. yet to be built. And it ties into the story. And it's it's just that is that we talk about Star Wars and the connected nature of the universe and how much we want that, how little we want that. that those are the moments where it works. Yeah. works for me. And I love that. You know, they were like, yep, it's Mustafar. Yeah, deal with it. It's absolutely yeah. Mustafar directly yeah. from the prequels, and it, I think it also just promises through on George Lucas's vision that uh, the prequels really lean into these are serialized B movies. Like, yeah. there's still there's all sorts of big ideas, but there are serialized B movies. They're fun adventure serials, and the bad guy having a mean castle on a lava <laughs> planet is deliciously B movie, and I mean that is the highest compliment. Very much so. Very much so. That's a good number three. My number three is. From a novel, from Catalyst, one of our favorite Star Wars novels written by James Luceno. And it is Poggle the Lesser in Catalyst. Poggle the Lesser, the Archduke of the Geonosian race and uh, uh, our wonderful insect friends down there on that planet. There, <laughs> He, uh, with his clicks and his clacks, figure him prominently to attack the clones. He dies unceremoniously in Revenge of the Sith. But uh, between then, he's kind of a hot potato between the Republic and the Separatists. Captured, not captured. Uh, and there's some great stuff with him and Orson Krennic. Yeah. And it is some of the more juicier stuff in that novel, therefore making it some of the more juicier stuff in the new canon novels. And it really explains what happened, explains a lot about what went down there. It also leaves the mystery of what ends up, and that ends up coming back up in Rebels. Um, and I just loved, and you spend a lot of time with this leader. Yeah. And you spend a lot of time with him captured, talking to Orson, and it just gave this really, really... The sense, again, of history that the prequels matter to the current stories. It's really 
on display in there. And it celebrates everything that's cool about the Geonosians in mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones and in the Clone Wars animated series, that they're these yeah. strange hive species with queens, right. but they're super technological. And they got yeah. the ball rolling, as it were, <laughs> literally on the Death Star, yeah. and then get treated like crap by the Empire. And he yeah. that, that character in, in that book carries the weight of all that history. Yeah, uh, that's a great way to say it. There's a, there's a certain sadness, too, to Boggle the Lesson. Yeah. I think they just were doing their job, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and, and just doing what the, what the hive does. <laughs> exactly. So it's great. If you haven't Red Catalyst not giving him much away there. It's just some really juicy stuff, and you get some answers. Um, and I love that about that. Yeah. So that's my number three. You number two. My number two is, I would say, roughly mm, a quarter of the Freemaker Adventures. Man. The uh, Star Wars Legos. I've got to get to this Freemaker, Freemaker stuff, Adventure. don't I? Uh, you know, here's the fascinating thing about Freemaker and why I thought of it is because I keep having little memories of, like, what book was that in? What comic book? That was in the Freemaker Adventures. Right. So, like, obviously the characters are portrayed goofy. Like right, right. Vader and Palpatine have almost like a comedy duo, Laurel and Hardy shtick going. Sure. So, like, the actual events aren't canon, but it is so respectful to the time period in, in the canon. Like, the second series yeah. is all about Vader trying to find enough kyber crystals to make a second Death Star, because we lost a <laughs> we bunch lost of them. them. So it's really respectful of where the main characters are. It's really respectful of a lot of things. So our, our mm. main characters, the Freemakers, who are scavengers, kind of like Ray, but have a business right. of it, they go everywhere in these two seasons. And I would say at least a third, maybe a quarter, right. of the places they go are prequel places. Well, and it really just ingrains in you, like, those creatures in the Geonosian arena. Yeah. They're not just in the Geonosian arena. They're exotic creatures that exist on different planets, and they you might run into in Akle or Arik <laughs> or Nexu, yeah. other places, and all the different things uh, that they do is like, they, there's a main battle droid character who's named Roger, mm. and that's a whole thing. They, the arena creatures, they go to Naboo, they visit the Emperor's Museum on Naboo, oh, wow. which is actually mentioned in Leia, yeah. the Leia Princess of all yeah. books, so that's canon. There's a joke about the Squid Lake musical. Uh, at one point, Hondo is on, in search for Varactyl eggs, Varactyl yeah. being, you know, the specific one, Boga, that Obi-Wan uh, rode. So there's, it just really ingrains the prequels. Yeah. It's, it's connected to everything else. Mm. And one of my favorite uh, things from this show is uh, Rowan, the main kid, Force-sensitive, and uh, Roger, the battle droid is uh, really frightened of Jedi because mm. he's been slaughtered, slaughtered and reconstructed again and again. Right. And it's this kind of strange, tender, funny moment where there's one bit where Rowan's like, I just know there's nobody to teach me lightsaber moves. Yeah. And Roger's like, I can play you back the video of all <laughs> of the famous Jedi who cut me down. Here's when Anakin killed me. Here's when Mace Windu cut me apart at the Battle of Geonosis. And, he, you know, oh, wow. he, he cycles through all like. And it, it, it's one of the great things. It's, it's you know, huge, just Lucasfilm capitalist right, marketing right. of, like, you will learn Vractal and you will buy <laughs> Vractal toys. Uh, but at the same time, it is really the connected galaxy, yeah. and it's really fun. I love that. And, and again, to a, built towards a younger fan base, again, it's not just the marketing of it, but, yeah, okay, the, 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 there's all of these stories. Yeah, it's don't, organic. Don't listen to those bitter original trilogy-only <laughs> people. Yeah. They're all out there. So that's my number two, the Freemaker Adventures. That's great. My number two, we, we return to the Adventures of Princess Leia and to the Leia Princess of Alderaan novel by Claudia Gray. We just reviewed it here on Force Center. Uh, this is a spoiler if you haven't read the book so if you want to click off on this section come back in a couple minutes i'll understand that is the appearance and untimely death of 
Quarsh Panaka, oh. who was Padme's personal bodyguard, uh, captain of her, uh, I guess, defense team and security teams on Naboo in The Phantom Menace. And then the actor, of course, didn't want to continue in the series, so the character was rewritten. Well, that Panaka was written out. A new character, Captain Typho, entered um, 10 years later. So, But Panaka stayed close to Palpatine. Palpatine was good to him. He wasn't fully aware of what was going on. Palpatine was the Phantom Menace, after all. So Panaka enters the Empire, the ranks of the Imperials, and becomes a moth in charge of the system that Naboo's in. He has a uh, villa, I guess, so to speak, on a moon next to Naboo. And that is where Leia and uh, Vice, uh, well, who eventually will become Vice Admiral uh, Holdo, they go out there and uh, Leia, or does Holdo go with her? No, can't remember I that. Can't remember yeah. that one. Holdo goes on a lot of adventures. Yeah, uh, but Leia goes out there and uh, meets the Queen, and they go out to meet Panaka, and there's a ma- amazing tent scene where Panaka, friend of Palpatine and friend of Padme, recognizes Padme in the face of Leia. I absolutely asks her a series of questions when she was adopted, uh, the time frame, everything, and I believe without a doubt realizes that this is Padme's daughter, and he needs to tell Palpatine. But he's friendly. He's but he's just loyal, misplaced loyalty to Palpatine, and I believe he was going to tell Palpatine. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, it looks like we got ourselves a two tubes. Whether it's Benthic or Endrio or someone else in the Two Tubes clan, (laughs) Two Tubes egg, uh, kill him with a bomb. And it is a great scene and a great moment and just a out-and-out-in-your-face connection to the Phantom Menace. And I loved it. Absolutely, and it is so powerful because not only it it is coming from a place of love, he Mm -hmm. clearly has blocked out for himself any evidence that uh, Palpatine is evil. He knows the Empire is not right. Mm-hmm. But he's doing his best by Naboo, and that's why he's staying in place. So he's being a good stand-up right. guy, and you can tell that he is thrilled that some part of Padme might be alive. Yeah. And that he would only go tell Palpatine to be like, our old friend, did you know she had a daughter? <laughs> and he has no idea that he is basically telling Palpatine, Skywalker has children, children. and will, yeah. by telling Palpatine, I will lead personally to their slaughter. Like, right. Ah. Yeah, oh, yeah, nerd chills, big old Star Wars, and, nerd and the moment you know, uh, I don't know about you, Joseph, but that moment comes up, and they're traveling, and they're kind of talking about Naboo, but they're going to go to the moon next to it, and let's go visit the moth. I wasn't expecting that. No, I wasn't expecting it. So to re- have that name revealed, I, and we had known in Star Wars canon and both in Legends and canon that Panaka goes on to join the Empire, and mm-hmm. I think he had, in, in Legends he may have had a star cruiser, a star destroyer under his command. It just worked. It really, really worked. It's a beautiful scene. One of my favorites in the book. Yeah. So that is my number two, which means I'll go to my number one so my guests can close out the show. My number one, uh, well, there's a lot. There's there's a lot that I could have chosen, all right? And a lot of times we don't go into alternative picks. We might list a few of those off here after we list ours, but there's a lot of choices. But I went with Star Wars Rebels Season 2. It ends with Ahsoka Tano facing Darth Vader. Uh, a, a confrontation that leads to Ahsoka's presumed death. We don't quite know. We don't quite know what's going on there. And it was just an all-out clash of the prequel era, the Clone Wars cartoon, mm-hmm. and the Vader that we know. Yeah. Not Anakin. Um, 
uh, it was Darth Vader fighting Ahsoka. And there's some other great moments I almost put on the list from Lords of the Sith, Paul S. Kemp's novel, where Vader actually, he says the word snips. It's he's remembering. There's a sense of Ahsoka. There's a there's a something going on, and it, it ties to that connection because that is one of the weird things. Clone Wars did a great job of handling it, but after Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars has begun. Anakin gets the Padawan. They form this close connection. By Sith, she's gone, and there's no mention of yeah. And Sith again. She wasn't probably created when the script is, of Sith is written. Blah blah blah. I get it. I get it. I get it. But this really brings some emotional weight to it. It's a great moment that made even better by the fact that Vader suffers some damage and his uh, mask is cut away, and you actually see Anakin's eye looking yeah. back at Ahsoka Tano. And it's a great moment. It is to me the, the it's only in cartoon form. It's all, if this had happened in on, in in Rogue Two or or Rogue One in some way, it would have been mind blowing. But now it's just a really satisfying moment. Absolutely, I think it really uh, uh, speaks to the quality of the prequel era. Regardless yeah. how you feel about the prequel films, because they did such a great job in the Clone Wars of building up the character of Anakin, this Anakin, this sort of loving but dangerous older brother. And yeah. when she cuts across his mask and you see a little bit of his face and hear mm. a little bit of the voice actor's actual voice yeah. mixed with James Earl Jones saying Ahsoka. Yeah. It's so it's so powerful and it, it rewards you for really sticking with Star Wars and and enjoying all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hashtag prequels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what prequel, you know what, that's, that is the core of when we say prequelist, or we invite you to buy our prequelist t-shirts on TeePublic. Um, it is enjoying, enjoying all of Star Wars. Yeah, and not exactly. picking and choosing. Yeah. All right, that's my number one, your number one, the my, best connection to the prequel era. Oh, my number one is very similar to yours, yeah. just a season later, really. Yeah. It is... Maul versus Kenobi in Star Wars Rebels. So good. Now, yeah, to me, this is the epitome of prequel connections because, yeah. you know, you, you go to Phantom Menace, you watch it when you're a kid, whatever. One of the <laughs> highlight moments, almost everybody agrees, is the lightsaber battle between Darth Maul, vicious satanic creature who has just slaughtered Qui-Gon Jinn, and young but promising Jedi Knight, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It is fast. It is furious. And then we have this generational story where Maul's story continued, Obi-Wan Kenobi's story continued in the Clone Wars animated series. But you jump to Rebels, and this is, that was the beginning. Yeah. That was the first part of the circle. This is the end of the circle where it closes. And there are so many similarities and differences we make fun of George Lucas for poetry, yeah. But this is uh, his student Dave Filoni learning from the master in doing good poetry, doing good ring theory, where they are once again, you know, having their conflict. Yeah. But this time, there's a calmness to it. There's an age to it. It is fast. Yeah. And final and very very quick. It is uh, predicated on the fight. Their first fight. Their last fight is based on their first fight because. Yeah. Obi-Wan changes his stance yeah, to not make the same mistakes that Qui-Gon did. Mm-hmm. It, it appears as though Darth Maul going for the same move that he used on Qui-Gon is his end. So it has these great, great echoes. And more than anything, it's just a celebration of how these two characters have developed. Maul being the character that he said he was in, in Revenge of the Sith, yeah. all about revenge, yeah. never able to give up revenge. And Obi-Wan remaining a Jedi no matter what. Not bending to the dark side because Obi Wan or because Qui Gon died, right? Or because anybody else he loved was taken from him. Staying a Jedi, and then to end on that moment of 
them discussing whether or not Luke is the chosen one, <laughs> tying it right back Ties to the Phantom Menace. All the way through. And it's yeah, just a beautiful button. It is. P- poetry. Yeah, yeah, poetry, absolutely. And it was handled so well, and this was, was built up. In a way, it was built up. Uh, you know, expected a big fight. You know, I think you're, you know, assuming you're going to be, how's old Obi-Wan going to flip and flop around like it was? <laughs> but they played yeah. it so realistically and they played it so painful and bittersweet. There's an yeah. odd connection between them in a weird way. Yeah. Um, Kenobi, I think, freed Maul in a weird way. And exactly. it was, it really was one of the more beautiful moments in Star Wars storytelling and an absolute perfect number one. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Absolutely, great list, and always we know there's more out there. And I'm just going to run through, and you you got some alternates. Uh, let's because you guys, if you guys won't feel, uh, you know, you guys always reach out. You can use the hashtag Star Wars Ranked to add in your moments as well. But a lot of times we get like, I can't believe you did this list and you didn't <laughs> include. Look, there's a lot to go through. Here's some other ones I considered to be in the list uh, on various numbers. Commander uh, Rex in Rebels. Yeah. Great connection, and particularly that episode where he goes and kind of finishes the final fight of the Clone Wars. Great stuff. Jar Jar Binks in Aftermath, Empires, and the controversial uh, interlude, which is great. It is touching. It is sad. And it is a wonderful way. Wendig deserves a lot of credit. A lot of credit for how he handled this little interlude yeah. uh, with uh, with Jar Jar Banks now being the court jester, so to speak, in helping refugee children in yeah. the in the boom. Sad clown. Uh, one I mentioned was uh, Vader remembering Snips, Ahsoka, and Lords of the Sith. Kylo Ren screams traitor yes. while fighting Finn in Force Awakens. An undeniable connection yeah. to the Skywalkers uh, of the past. Uh, uh, Kylo's got that blood in him, and that moment of traitor was so Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, sounds just like Anakin. Yeah, Saw Gerrera in Rogue One and Rebel Rising. His connections going back to season five, and as this is a Lucas handpicked character, uh, I loved it. I had picked Mr. Bones is on my list okay. uh, as well. And then Tarkin's, and, and this is in the Tarkin hmm. novel by Lucina. Tarkin senses something familiar in Vader. Subtle moment. Oh. Yeah. Not a straight call out, but there's a lot of cut talk about, you know, when he was rescued from the Citadel prison, uh, whatever yeah. it's called. And uh, and there's just something every time Tarkin kind of there's something about this guy. It, it, it is so familiar to me that I love it's kind of the subtle connection. And then the final one was in the Rogue One novel. Uh, Cassie and Endor revealing his family were separatists. Oh, yeah. Which is why he didn't trust Jedi and the Force and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, I had three runners-up. Uh, one of them you just remind me of, in the Leia, Princess of Aldron book, mm-hmm. her love interest, Kier. I love that he is a Clone Wars reenactor. That he yes. specifically likes to reenact underwater battles of the Clone <laughs> yes. Wars. Like, what a great... Just It makes it historical, <laughs> and it makes it seem like it, yeah. silly and Good real. Kit Fisto stuff there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He takes his shirt off and pretends to be Kit Fisto. Uh the Vader flashbacks in Darth Vader number six, when mm. Boba Fett has found out that the name of the person who destroyed oh, the Death yeah. Star was Skywalker, is just the great sequential art storytelling of connecting back to uh, his relationship with Padme and that the yeah. Emperor lied to him. 
yeah. about uh, Vader himself killing Padme. It's so well done. It's, I, th- it's, I think, one of my favorite things in all of the modern comics that I have read. Yeah, it, that, that one frame of Vader with the cracked window and everything, I'd, I'd hang that in a room if I had an art yeah, piece of it. Yeah. it's beautiful. Uh, and then my, my final thing is a sad thing, but what do you know? It's uh, the use of uh, Luminara on Dolly in Rebels, mm. that, she is u- that she has died. She has been executed in Order 66, Yeah, uh, but she has used her literal physical dead body is used as a trap for Jedi. Mm. What a great way. And I mean, that was like in the fourth episode of this thing that sometimes you yeah. criticize for being too cutesy. Yeah. Like, you use the dead body <laughs> of a Jedi hero who's on screen in the actual prequels to lure in other Force users to their death. Absolutely. That's a beautiful and complete universe. Absolutely. Well, that is our list, guys. You guys know the drill. Use the hashtag Star Wars Rank to talk about your favorite connections to the prequel era in current Star Wars storytelling. It's always fun to hear your guys' thoughts, and we love talking prequels. Joseph, thanks, as always, for bringing your wit and wisdom and prequel knowledge to the Star Wars Rank Show. Oh, I'm thrilled. Absolutely. You can follow Joseph at Joseph Scrimshaw. you got some comedy shows coming up, right? Yeah, that's right. You can go to my website, josephscrimshot.com, or you can just follow me on social media because I'll be tweeting and Facebooking and Instagramming up a, sto- a storm. i got a show coming up on October 21st here in Los Angeles called Game Night, a variety show, so watch out for that. Absolutely, and you can follow me at Ken Napsock and follow us at Four Center Pod. Don't forget we have the Patreon page. You can support us there. T Public, like I mentioned, get that hashtag prequel shirt and a whole lot of other options like our Facebook page as well. That is it for now, folks. Star Wars has been ranked. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.